When you pray, go into the room, shut the door, and pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray, and your father who is in secret will reward you. He will reward you for being with him in private. When we have been considering over the last uh, two weeks, last week, this week, and next week, uh, the challenge to deepen our intimacy with Christ by giving attention and nurture, by giving attention and nurture to our private secret prayer life. This whole year, our focus and theme is prayer, taking our whole church to another level in prayer. We're not talking about big prayer meetings when everybody gets together. Those are not sustainable. You can't do too many of them. We're talking about you individually and your personal quiet time, not your reading, Bible reading times, but when you take an hour out or an hour and a half out once a week, twice a week, and say, I need to catch up with God on some things. I got a whole list. I need to really get some stuff, work through some stuff with God. And you shut the door and you are alone and tell your parents, tell your friends, your relatives, your spouse, tell them, leave me alone. I need to spend some time with God. We're talking about that kind of time alone where you work through some issues with God, work through your relationship with him, your relationship with others. That is what we're talking about. I'm saying that that being a lively place, that being a vibrant exercise and discipline in your life will transform every other area of your life. And give you strength and vitality and wisdom for every other aspect of your life. And as a pastor, my desire for the congregation and first and foremost for myself is that we would have, we would be a church that not necessarily just prays together, but prays. We are people who are prayerful people that we find every reason to take to God and talk to him about it. And that our conversations with, with, with God are not, you know, a pious sort of very religious uh, language that only has to do with eternal and you know those kind of things but everyday stuff everyday stuff how many of you in this last week based on the message took some time out shut the door and spent some time with God and just experienced and exercised and and explored this time of prayer with God that's very 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 good that's very good that's fantastic. And the Lord is going to bless you for it. He's going, to, he's going to reward you for taking that time out. And the rest of you, this week. It's a new day. All right. We must first believe that God is serious about rewarding us. We must first believe that God is serious. He just as a father, he wants to reward. He's like, come, 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 close the door. Close the door. Let's talk. And I'm going to give you stuff that nobody can give you. No degree, no masters, nothing. No shop, no departments so can give you what I want to give you to get through your life, to get on top of your life. Come, come spend some time with me. That rewarding, we've got to believe that he is going to reward us and then we'll put in the effort to get there. We know that a deeper, you and I, we know that a deeper, genuine, personal, one-on-one -on -one prayer life will positively benefit every other area of your life. So then consider this, consider this. Do you struggle with relational issues? Do you struggle with conflict issues in your relationships? Do you struggle with mistrust? Do you struggle with trust? With cynicism? With criticism? With judgmentalism? 
Do you have people in your life to give you a hard time? Speak ill of you? Or just perhaps succeed at your expense? What do we do with the hurt, with the ridicule, with the rejection? What do we do when people condescend to us? Listen to me very carefully. You can reduce most of the stress, the hurt, the anger in your life by simply taking these difficult relationships to God in prayer. But you need to know what to pray for. Not just that you pray about these relationships, but what to pray for. Because you could be there, Lord. Don't let them be alive when I get out there. Yeah, this is not the Psalms. <laughs> this is real life. This is the age of grace. God wants you to know what to pray about. He has answers. He has, God has given clear instructions what to do with these people, with these relationships. And before taking the case to them and proving what is right, and you don't know who you're talking to, you don't know what you did, you don't know how much you hurt me. Before you take the case to them, take the case to God. Deal the whole thing with God. Work through the whole issues. He said this, he said, she then, this happened and that happened. Work the whole thing through with God first. And then he's going to give you something. That reward, he's going to give you something that you can go back to those relationships with. So that you are armed, you are ready, you are prepared, you are equipped for it. Before anything, God wants us to talk to him about it. You come up to God with your screwed up and messed up relationships and you say to God, look what he did. Did you come to me with that? Did you come and tell? When it first happened, when it first occurred, when, they first, did you, when you first got up, did you come to me? Did you talk to me about it? Now what are you saying about it? Now what are you going on about? Because we come to God too late, right at the end when everything is falling apart. God says, come, come talk to me. Come talk to me. Let's look at some scripture. Matthew chapter 5. Verses 30, 43 to 45. Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 to 45. You have heard, Jesus is saying, that it was said from the Old Testament, love your neighbor and hate your... But I tell you, I'm flipping the whole thing. I'm changing the way thing people think. I'm changing the way society works. A Christ-centered society is going to be a different society. I tell you, love your enemies. And pray for those who persecute you. I know you feel persecuted. Many of you look like it. <laughs> Sunday morning you put on the persecuted look also. With makeup and everything. Put on. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Why? That you may be children of your father in heaven. That's the difference. You are citizens and children of God who lives in heaven. Therefore, the mental perspective that you have, the, 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 the way you look at life, the way you look at relationships, needs to reflect the way God works. So when you do that, do what? Love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. You are reflecting the nature of your father. You are reflecting the truth that you are children of God living on earth. Okay, let's go do that again. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Hmm. 
Love your enemies. It's fun that the Bible accepts the fact that we do have. I like that. This is not like, oh, you have enemies. How could you have enemies? Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. These are people. These are not issues. These are not things that you need. These are not provisions. These are not uh, providences. These are people. These are people. Pray for your enemies. Love your people. You got to pray for people, relationships. Listen to me. If you're struggling to love people, are you listening? If you're struggling to love people, or you're struggling with unloving people, bring it to God. Talk it through with God. Get his insight on it. Get his insight on it. I want you to notice a very interesting thing. How the two parts of the great covenant, commandment, excuse me, the two parts of the great commandment are covered in our secret prayer life. Number one, love the Lord your God. So the first thing we talked about last week is praying about our relationship with God. Bringing that into our personal life and saying, Lord, bring this, put this on fire, set this, give it life. The second thing is love your neighbor as yourself. Now you're praying for your neighbors. You're praying for your enemies, praying for your relationships, relationships around you. That's what it means to love your neighbor. Both of these are in the great commandment. Both of these are in, the, in our secret prayer life, what God is asking you. Listen very carefully. The vital areas of our life that we need to pray about are the relationships, the relationships that define our existence and our purpose for living. The ones that define our relationship. You have a problem with the maid and you're worried about the maid. That's not a key relationship. You're worried about the auto rickshaw driver and the gas guy. That's not the key relationship. The key relationships are your relationship with God, your relationship with your immediate people around you, your spouse, your husband, your wife, your, your, your sister, your brother, your colleague, your, your subordinate, your superior. The key relationships that make you who you are, that define who you are. These are the ones that God is saying, bring them to me. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's cover it. Let's bathe it in prayer. Make sure that you cover each and every one of them. These key relationships, our relationship to God, we talked about this last week. Our relationship to, to others, to people, we're talking about that this week. And next week we'll talk about our relationship to the world. As Jesus says, pray, pray that the Lord of the harvest would send out laborers into his vineyard. For the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. Next week, next week we'll talk about that. So he says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Love and prayer go together. How do I love my enemies? Pray for them. How do I love my enemies? He's not saying go hug them. He's not saying give them chocolates. Wish them on their birthday. He's not saying anything. He's, he's not saying that you're going to pretend like everything's okay. Pretend, no, you're not, your, no, you're not my enemy. No you're, no, you're not my enemy. No, you're not my enemy. He's not asking you to pretend. He's not asking you to put on. He's like, you have enemies? We know you have enemies. Not, not everybody's going to love you. We know that. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. But that's not the key thing. But before we go forward, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Love and prayer, they go together. If I love somebody, I'm going to be praying for that person. Love and prayer. But here's the question, which is the content of today's message. What do we pray for? I will pray for my enemies, but what do we, what is the content of my prayer? 
What do we pray for? Are you with me? Luke chapter 6 verse 28. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mystery. Come on people, you had your breakfast. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. I don't like any of those words. Check. Bless those who so somebody gives me a curse, I give him a something is wrong. Lord, what happened? What's going on here? Somebody curses you, I bless them. Somebody mistreats me, I pray for them. Now, something is wrong. Either something is wrong or something is really, really, really right. Because I'm not going to do that unless I believe God has got my back. Unless I believe that God is going to take care of me. You curse me, I bless you. You mistreat me, I pray for you. What about me? What's going to happen with me? Unless I believe that God has a system that is inverted to the way the world thinks. And that it is operating by faith because the result only God will uh, enable. I'm not going to do that. Look at the second verse. Romans chapter 12 verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Bless those who persecute. There is something about my relationships, my difficult conflict relationships, about the way I handle them that has to do with my citizenship in heaven, my sonship with God. We're going to work through that. We're going to work through it. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. What do we pray for? Are you ready? One, two, three. Number one. Ask God to bless them with his presence and his provision. Difficult people. People are giving you a hard time. Take it by name. Write it down in a diary. Bathe these people in prayer. Have a proper organized prayer life to cover the people who are Making life miserable, making life uncomfortable, making life difficult, making life slow, making life painful. Whatever the situation is, there are those people out there. They are giving you a hard time. Come on, pray for them. What do you pray for them? Ask God to bless them. Why? Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Ask God to bless them. With what? With his presence and with his provision. Lord, so and so, give him success in his work. Prosper his business, Lord. I'm praying for him. I want you to prosper. I ask you to prosper his business. I ask you to prosper. Give him the aspirations of his heart. He mistreated me. He mistreated me. He's, he's, he's given me a hard time. He's persecuted. He's, he's, he's ridiculed me. Whatever. Lord, I pray for him. I ask you to bless him. Lord, I pray for health for his family. You pray for the health of the family, for the children, for the child who's not well, for the grandmother who's not feeling. Pray for the family. Pray for the health of the family. Pray for God's personal presence in their lives. Lord, will you be present in that home? Would you provide for them? Would you give them peace? Would you to be Lord of their decisions and their priorities? Lord, just bless them. Let them be overwhelmed with your blessing. Just absolutely take care of every need in their life. Can you imagine what will happen if that prayer is answered? Firstly, do you think God would answer a prayer like that? Yes, because when you pray like that, you're being like a child of God. You're being like your father in heaven. Because he prays for those who hate him. 
Christ prays for those who hate him. Are you with me? You're, because you're being like God, he will answer those prayers. Now, when he answers your prayer and your enemy, people who seek ill of you, do well and prosper because of the blessing of God, what's going to happen in their life? They're going to change. They're going to respond to the kindness of God. They're going to respond to the goodness of God in their life. And no matter what, if they don't respond, it's between them and God. But you have proven that you are a child of God. That you have God's nature in you. Success in their work, in their business, in their aspirations, health in their family, for God's personal presence in their lives and in their homes. Ask God to bless them with his presence and his provision. My friends, you and I can't do that. You and I can't do that. It is the spirit of God that leads us and and burdens us to pray for those who persecute us. Number one, ask God to bless them. Number two, ask God to change their attitude and behavior. Because something that they do, some things that they say, make your life miserable. It makes difficult uh, times. It, it, it hurts you. It, uh, the things that people have said about you ruin your reputation, ruin your, your, uh, your uh, chances of, of a career. You ruin your chances of relationships, etc., etc., etc. People will hurt. People will say, what do you do with that? Take it to God. Take it to God. Ask God to change their attitudes and their behavior. Tell God the things that they have been saying or doing that's hurting you. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. Don't go to them. Don't. You said this, you did this, how you did it. And you make the whole thing worse. And then they retaliate and you come up with more. And to do that, you have to keep score. You have to keep files of everything that was said, everything that was done. You keep it going because you didn't know, you knew you didn't. You don't forget that. Go to God. And then he said, and then, he, and then that what happened? I can't believe. How can you say, oh, I'm in there. Do what you like. Cry. Sniffle, snort, do what you like in the presence of God. And he will give you something when you are finished crying and feeling sorry for yourself and you've unburdened and you've completely dealt with it in his presence. You haven't even talked to the person who's hurt you. You haven't even responded. You haven't even met the person. You've already dealt with it with God. Then he takes all of that gunk, all of that sniffle and snort of yours and he gives you a reward. He gives you a reward. He gives you something of himself. And then that is what you go out into the public and you deal with the people who hurt you, abuse you, persecute you, ruin you, stamp over you, walk all over you. You do that. You go out there with his reward, having been in his presence. There's something about this that we need to catch on to. We need to discover a secret in this code. There needs to discover this code in this thing. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who persecute you. Why? Why, Lord? How can you ask me to do that? Because when you come into my presence and pray for them, when you come into my presence and you bless them and you pray for them, I am going to give you something that they will never get. I am going to give you something that you will never need from anyone else. I will give you a satisfaction, a fullness, a joy that you will not get from anywhere else. God has something up his sleeve. He has something in his mind that he wants to do if you show the faith by doing something ridiculous. And that is, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who persecute you. 
He's given you something ridiculous to do. If you can pull that off, it'll show your faith and God will reward you. God will reward you. It's not just that, oh, let's just be lovely people and have one big human race and let's all live together in harmony and let's bless people. doesn't matter what they say. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never rubbish. And all go on like everything is fine and then just meditate, meditate, don't know what you're regurgitating and then you come back out and then... No, 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 no. God has a deeper plan. He's saying, you get in that mode and I will give you something that nobody else can give you. Ask God to change their ideas. Tell God the things that, have been, that they have been saying. Don't tell them what they have been saying. Tell God what they have been saying. Don't tell them what has hurt you. Tell God what has hurt you. Give to him the areas of your life that have been affected by their behavior. I repeat, give to him the areas of your life that have been affected. They can't do nothing about it. You can't go to them and say, you did this and you ruined this and you did this. If that's what they did, what better can they do? Are you with me? Are you with me? What better can they do? So why take it to them? They're a ruin. They're not going to help. You take it to somebody, you can do something about it. So when you take it to God, you say, Lord, this is the words that have hurt me. This is what I'm carrying. This is what I'm dealing with. And God is going to say, give, give it, give it to me. Give it, take it off, take it off, take it off. Give it to me. And as you unload, and as you live, uh, give it to him. And as you surrender, ask God to heal you. Listen very carefully. Ask God to heal you first and help you get over it regardless of their repentance. I'm going to say it again because some of you missed that. I don't know what you're thinking about, but you missed it. I'm going to say it again. Ask God to heal you first and help you get over it regardless of their repentance. Because you and I know most of them never repent, do they? Most of them never get it. They never understand. They will never realize what they said, what they did. But does that mean you're going to stay stunted forever? You're never going to move on? Forget it. Leave that. You move on. You move on. Ask God to heal you first. Ask God to help you get over it. Regardless of that. You move on. I cast all my care upon you. I lay all my burdens down at your feet. And every time I don't know what to do, I cast all my cares upon you. This is not art of living and all that kind of psycho babble, uh, you know, positive, you know, just trying to cool it. Take a chill pill, relax. Just leave it, leave it to a higher force, some force. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about systematically going to a person you know to be God and tell Christ who messed up with your life, who ruined your life. Lay it there, get healed, get out, move on. I'm talking about that. When he gives you that and you move on. That's what makes us and this different from everything else. Everything else is done in in man's own strength, in human strength. This is done in God's strength. Have you ever wondered? Have you ever wondered um, how Jesus was 
persecuted he was insulted he was ridiculed he was rejected he was humiliated but he kept his cool he never lost it and he never responded from a place of vengeance have you ever thought about that let me tell you why let me tell you why he never got depressed he never retaliated for well, firstly because he's god and he's kind of above all of that firstly so i just put it out there because that's the obvious thing number 2 he knew something that others didn't know he knew that god had a plan and that god would turn every persecution every difficult time every every struggle and challenge in relationships into something good for you and me he knew that but he did do something that demonstrates to us where he got that ability to stay cool under pressure to not retaliate from a place of vengeance to be clean and and light on the inside he did do something let me show you what he did mark chapter 1 verse 35 and rising early very early in the morning while it was still dark rising very early in the morning while it was still dark he departed and went to a desolate place he departed went to a desolate place and there he prayed there he prayed the power of the life he lived was in his private prayer life he woke up at 2:33 in the morning before peter could get up and start babbling away before john could start making the tea before thomas could fry chips he got up and he went out while everybody was snoring even the cock hadn't crowed yet and he spent time with the father spent time with the father he prayed luke chapter 9 verse 18 now it happened that he was praying alone Luke chapter 11 verse 1 Now Jesus was praying in a certain place and when he finished one of his disciples said to him Lord teach us to pray teach us to pray When he had finished one of his disciples said teach I, and I looked at this verse and I began to ask the question why did they ask him to teach them to pray He had just prayed got it he had just prayed and he came out and then they asked him one of the disciples said lord teach us to pray <laughs> did did they sneak up on him and overhear the prayer and say oh that was such a lovely moving prayer that was such so touching that prayer was teach us more teach us also how to pray like that no do you think that was it do you think that was it but these disciples had a eyewitness account of all that people were saying about Jesus doing to Jesus ridiculing Jesus and yet he stood there with such calmness control composed and absolutely clear in his head and he was able to go about doing the three most powerful years of ministry and then give his life and at the end of it hang on a cross after 6 hours of torment pain hang on the cross and says forgive them they don't know what they're doing where does that come from and the disciples figured it out the disciples figured that there is something happening deep inside him that comes from his prayer life that enables him to deal with life did you hear me i've lost a lot of you i've lost a lot of you did you hear me the disciples figured that something about his inner life the strength of his life comes from his prayer life 
to deal with life. And that is why they asked him, teach us to pray. If being calm in the face of pressure, if being calm in the face of, of ridicule and rejection, if being cool in the face of opposition and persecution comes from a powerful, strong, vibrant prayer life, then Lord Jesus, teach us to pray. They knew it had something to do with his prayer life, which is why they asked him to teach him to pray. How do we ask God to change their attitudes? How do we ask God to change the behavior of people? By bathing that relationship in prayer and giving it up to God before we give it up to people. Giving it up to God before giving it up to people. Number one, ask God to bless them. Number two, ask God to change them. Number three, ask God to give you patience and endurance. I'll tell you why. Number three, ask God to give you patience and endurance. I'll tell you why. For the simple reason. While God is changing them, you still have to live with them. While God is working on their heart, you still have to live with that language that they speak. With that attitude. With the ridicule. With the frustration. The things that, that they frustrated you with. The, the, maybe it's your boss. Maybe it's your husband. Maybe it's your wife. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's uh, a superior, uh, subordinate, whatever. You still have to work. Tomorrow you still have to go to work with them. Are you with me? You still have to be in that situation. You can't walk out of that situation. So you need patience. You need endurance. You need strength. You need strength. You need patience while God is working with you. You need endurance. Colossians chapter 3 verse 12 says, Bearing with one another. Bearing with one another. 1 Chronicles chapter 16 verse 11 says, Seek the Lord and His strength and seek His presence continually. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. I love Psalm 68 verse 35. I love it so much I'm going to read it twice. Awesome is God from his sanctuary, the God of Israel. He is the one who gives power. He is the one who gives power and strength to his people. Blessed be God. I'm going to read it again. Awesome is God from his sanctuary, the God of Israel. He is the one who gives power and strength to his people. When do you think he gives? When do you think he gives that power and strength? It's in the secret place, it's the reward. It's when you're in private with him. A little bit during worship time on Sunday. A little bit during the message. A little bit during your quiet times. But during those consolidated times with God is when he... So let's land. Let's, let's land this plane. Here's the thing. What intensifies our intimacy with God is how open we are about the hurts and hacks in our life. How open we are about the hurts and hacks in our life. And then to know he understands, he hears, he responds. That draws us into a powerful communion with him. When you know that he understands, you know that he gets it. You know that he responds. And then he gives you something solid to go work with. That's what draws you into a powerful communion with him. This happens when we pray about people in our lives. My friends... 
We are running into issues with people every day. Often we ourselves are the issues. We need to keep an organized diary of names and relationships we are praying about. Update regularly. Scratch out the names that God has answered. Move on to next things. We need to release people of the frustration and angst that we have built up inside ourselves by the things we do. We do they, they do. We do this by laying at God's feet, surrendering it to God and say, Lord, I cannot deal with this anymore. I'm not going to let it out on them. I want to let it down on you you deal with it we need to lighten be lightened from the load we need to be healed from the hurt so that listen carefully we are not defined by what people have done to us we need to be healed we need to be lightened in our load so that we are not defined by the things people have done to us so that you are not a product of your past so that you are not a product of your circumstance an outcome of your circumstance so that you don't become your pain When bitter, angry, difficult people say, oh, you don't know what I've been through. You tell them, you don't seem to know where to go to. What can we expect from God? What can we expect from God? Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You who, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. But if, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of God, spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the capital S, spirit of life, the Holy Spirit is present in you because of righteousness. The Holy Spirit is present. Let me put it in simple terms. The Holy Spirit releases the life of Christ in you he gives spiritual life from deep within so that we can live in a way that pleases God. That's the reward. You spend time with him, you unload everything, and at the end of all of that, you don't just wipe your tears and say, okay, okay, I'll see you later, I'll come back again. You take from him, the Holy Spirit inside you releases bombs of life. He releases bombs of life, spurts of life, of Christ into you so that you may go out there and not be the hurt Jerry the pained Jerry the persecuted Jerry but you'd be the perfect Christ the Holy Spirit does that he does that he enables us as we seek him in his presence he gives strength he gives perspective he heals us so that we don't take things personally anymore he strengthens us inside so we don't hurt anymore. He removes anger and bitterness so we are not vengeful anymore. He trains and qualifies us so we are not inadequate anymore. Hi, I'm Jeremy Dawson and if you liked what you just saw, if it was a blessing, then hit the subscribe button. Come on, you can do it. Hit the subscribe button, uh, hit the bell so that we know you want to hear from us. Lots of videos coming your way, songs, worship, encouragement. Come on, subscribe. Let's take this forward and share with somebody you might know. Write a comment in the section below. But let's see you guys again. Come on, subscribe. <laughs>